We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which the upcoming match is being played. We would also like to pay our respects to elders past and present. It's about to blow your mind. It's coming round like a shockwave. He's got it out the stringer. He's kicked the goal. Oh, there'll be something to run down now, isn't it? Breaking around the body. Charlie Kuno winds it up. Flash for the goal. It's a ripper. Runs to 50. This would be a contender. It is a contender. It's coming Don't back. tell me. It's an unbelievable goal. You cannot script it. Lynch. He's got it. Lynch to tie the match. He's done it. It's coming round like a shockwave. This is a mighty performance from Jim. Nick Baker for the people. Chris Fagan calls these the eight-point game. Not only the four that you claim yourself, but the four you deny appear. And when you gather as fourth playing fifth, it's hard not to agree with him. Have the Lions packed their best to bring to Melbourne this time? And can St Kilda avoid the second-half spiral which swallowed them up last year? Adding to the event, it's Spud's game. So it's a night with a poignant edge both for St Kilda and the broader footy community. The club has staged this event so well. The team hasn't always met its marks. It will be determined to do so tonight. St Kilda and the Brisbane Lions, Friday night footy in round 15 on AFL Nation for Elders. When listing your property, think Elders Real Estate and for tyre power, your match day favourites for tyre safety. Jared Waitley with you. Dwayne Russell's alongside me. Hello to you, Dwayne. Jared, let's hope tonight's as much fun as last night. Great night last night and uh, a wild day of midday madness. Oh, you're flicking on and oh, off. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Ooh. Wild day, midday matters today. How many... I've been out of action for the last hour or so. How many games did Gary Rowan get in the end? Because the listeners <laughs> today gave him three. Yeah, I can't work out whether it was blatant trolling or rank stupidity, that yep. argument. Well, there was um, plenty of them arguing yeah, it today, Jerry. Yeah, but from serious people, not, not just our yeah. rank and file. But, yep. And you can... The rank and file, you can burn whatever you like. But serious people... Yeah, and the according to that change, if the AFL made that change, all friendly fire could actually end up with suspensions. But it was a wild kind of day, and it's fun. I mean, Midday Matters is fun because you never really know what you're going to get, and you do get a snapshot of what people are thinking. And uh, maybe it was the shake-up of, of the winter solstice. I'm not sure. But uh, it's nice to be at the footy again tonight, looking at a whole new chapter about to be written because every game is like a chapter in itself now. Bulldogs royalty on two fronts tonight. Oh, yes. Legend Brad Johnson is with us. Hello to you, Jono. G'day, Jared. G'day, Dwayne. It's, uh, and Ellie, it's great, to, um, it's great to be with you guys. And, Dwayne, I'm glad when, you, when I spoke to you this afternoon... You didn't bring it up with me. You didn't ask me the question about Gary <laughs> Rowan. I'm glad you didn't, because it wouldn't have. Been, it would just would have been a frustrated answer coming straight back. Well, at I have you. to be respectful to the people who take the time to call the number and 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 give us their version of what they think should happen. And there were so many today; it was overwhelming. I mean, if you get one outlier, then it's okay. You're an outlier. We'll give them your time, but. Well, they were coming in thick and fast. Imagine, oh, actually, Ellie Blackburn. <laughs> Hello to you, Ellie. Good evening, guys. I'll uh, con- allow you to continue on the discussion. So, so imagine the, <laughs> I love the counterfactual in these, right? Imagine if just today the AFL had put out a memo announcing its intentions to remove the words an opposition player from the laws of the game in regard to a reportable incident. What do you think Midday Madness would have been then? Yeah, then it would have been even crazier. <laughs> would but have the beauty, the, house down. the beauty of it is to to get there at twelve o'clock and see a full board of calls is yeah. so much fun, and that's where the game is at right now. There's just so much to get to, so little time when it comes to talking points out of the game, and it is nice to be talking about on-field stuff. I know it was bizarre on-field stuff, but it's nice this season. I think we've been speaking about more of the stuff that happens on-field than any off-field this year, which is great. I think even Jordan Degoey on the couch to see. I think players are. Uh, sort of mature, more mature this year. I don't know. There's there's less of those stories this year, but it's a it's been a fun season for that, and it's an open season. So I feel like every team's fans are a player still at this time of year, as opposed to 
teams fans clocking off because their season's kind of done. Mm. There's more players this year. We'll revisit the events of last night shortly. But what do we have in store for us tonight? First versus uh, fourth versus fifth. So this is high end stuff that is going to shake fortune, shape fortunes for the remainder of this season. Well, I mean, it's a it's a huge occasion, obviously, as you mentioned, for for both clubs. But I think more so for St Kilda. I mean, it, it's Spud's game, and it's something that they like to represent and 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 play part in. And and as you mentioned, I think they haven't quite lived up to the expectation on the night and, and, and played to those performances. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to the contest nonetheless. Some big occasions. I think it's Fagan's 150th game and a couple of milestones for some of the guys for St Kilda. So a big occasion nonetheless. It's crept up quick, hasn't it? Fagan's 150th, that's that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you a little bit with St Kilda here. It's, it's a watch for them. I, I know where they've gone, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Now they're due for their win tonight, but... If, and if they did achieve it against against the Brisbane Lions, who I expect to to, to clean this one up tonight, but I, I said that about Melbourne last night, and look what <laughs> look what can happen in this competition at the moment. I think I think St Kilda. Who'd be happier, actually, Jared, under the roof tonight? Is it St Kilda, or is it the Brisbane Lions coming to Melbourne these conditions and get to play in a in a pure environment? I think it's the Lions mm. on that front. But what interests me is I feel like we saw this game in round three against the Western Bulldogs and the Lions didn't like it. Is that's what they're going to get tonight? They're going to mm. get that ultra defensive, shut down, frustrating night where you're sort of clawing away at it and they didn't they couldn't meet it that night and that was the night that we all gave up on Joe Danaher and then he's been in great form since. But that style of play, and you know that that's what St Kilda is going to try to impose on them, it doesn't suit them. So to, to think their way through it, to plot their way through it, because they, they will have been well-schooled on it, can they actually do it? And it's, and it's out of their back half. And that's, that's the biggest question from the Brisbane Lions' point of view. Coleman was, was okay last week, got his 20 disposals, started to get going a little bit. Daniel Rich has called for some sideline time just to get himself get himself right. So they've lost some pure penetration out of out of the back half. So that's going to be their challenge tonight because their defenders are going to see a bit of ball and it's how they can exit because St Kilda, you're right, their focus this week at training would have been setting up the ground, lock it in, repeat entry. So when Brisbane do win it back, they're going to see a wall of Saints about 50, 60 metres off the ball trying to set the ground up to make it, make them play boundary side, make them come wide and slow, not use corridor ball. Yeah, they will for sure. And, and I mean, one interesting sort of line with St Kilda, I, I think their defence was under a fair bit of pressure. I think that was with Dougal Howard last week in, in defence as well, which has obviously been a big talking point uh, this week with him staying in the side, obviously not being omitted after that performance. So I think from, from that perspective as well from a, from a Saints side, they'd love to, their fans would love to see, I guess, a bit more effort and, and I, I guess composure in, in their back half in, in tonight's mm. game. So for the Lions on these trips to Melbourne, they've lost to the Bulldogs and they've lost to Hawthorne. If they're truly going to be a premiership contender and it's going to require being in Melbourne once or twice, and it won't be here, but I feel like they've, they've got to be credible in Melbourne. So they're ominous at the Gabba. I'm not sure whether anyone beats them as the year goes on at the Gabba. But they've got to be credible in Melbourne. And I think tonight plays a big role. It's a Friday night. It's a big occasion for the opposition. Come here and do the business. Show that you can be as good as, as you have been elsewhere. Yeah, it is a huge occasion in, in, in that regards. I mean, what, what a great opportunity it is under, under Marvel, under, you know, sort of the, the occasion it is here at Friday night. But, yeah, it's, it's something that they've got to build confidence in in, in that travel space and, and this is the opportunity to do so on the big yeah, stage. We're talk, talking to Chris Fagan prior to the Hawthorne game and we brought up the MCG hoodoo on, on that occasion and he's like, well, we haven't talked, talk, we haven't spoken about it and it's not something we, we want to focus on and, and I can understand that in some ways because you don't want the players you know, dwelling on that but on the other hand, if we hadn't won at a venue for a period of time, you might change things up a little bit, whether that's go the day earlier or whether that's, you know, do a training session in in the state at least. And you, you do things to try and assist the situation rather than just put it to one side and hope that, you know, we get to these venues and we turn it on and, and it's and it's game on. But that, that's think, more worrying than I anything. I think you've got to be comfortable in your own skin getting on a plane, yep. going to play high-end finals football. And yep. the only way to do that is to be regular winners when you get on that mm. plane. Yep. And so I you've, got to, you've got to build that, that culture of belief and that habitual behaviour. When we get on the plane... 
we play our best footy at the other end. And they can't lay claim to that yet. No. So, therefore, how do they rectify that is Winning. the next question. Yeah. Come here and be convincing yep. tonight. And so that's the, it's the W, but then it's the layers to create the W. And it's what they're doing at the hotel. And are they just sitting around waiting tick to tick the hours off to get to lunch, to tick the hours off to... To get on the bus, you know, and that's, that becomes the, the interesting aspect of it. Some may have gone to the, to the movies and sat next to Dwayne for a, a half a, in gold class this afternoon. I they didn't walk out with oh. half an hour to go. Yeah. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence is fantastic, by the way, and no hard feelings. But it was tough to walk out of that with half an hour to go. Everyone in the, in the movie theatre looked at me and thought, what is this idiot doing? It's just getting to attending. But I should have just stood up the front of the movie and said, I've got to go and do the footy tonight. I had... Two and a half hours to kill between Dwayne's World and this footy game. And I thought, I'll go to Gold Cast Class Crown. But, yeah, I had to leave with a half an hour to go. So Did you can send through your texts. Yeah. Do they end up together? Could yeah. you just text us? Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> Put Dwayne's mind at rest. <laughs> There's some questions that need answered as Dwayne needs them and the Brisbane Lions need them as well. And, you know, the serious nature of that, it, it – it's the routine of yeah. you as an individual, but the team as a collective is, is critical. It is, and it, it's a great opportunity for them to, to figure out their system when they do travel. Mm. Like to your point, you know, what is it that, that it looks like exactly and, and how can you gain confidence every time you travel? It's, it's reminding yourself of those little things that you did on the trip that, okay, this feels good. This is helping my momentum. Mm. This is what it would feel like if I was playing a home game at the Gabba and, and how can I gain confidence from those moments? And we're talking about a travelling team, a, tra- a team that travels every couple of weeks and it's sort of a bit weird assessing them that way but it's the reality of what I agree with what they're doing in Melbourne at the moment. It isn't working, hasn't worked for some time at the MCG so it's a, it's a serious aspect of what they need to get right as a side to hit the ground running, to get the W, to build their confidence for what we're looking at at the end of the year. And a bit like Melbourne last night, if they were to trip up tonight, they will lose touch with the top two. So, And the top two for Brisbane matters more, I suspect, than any other team, is if they were to go gabba-gabba with the qualifying final, preliminary final, they're mighty hard to keep out of the grand final. But third and fourth is a totally different proposition for them. So you've got to... Is Melbourne are now going to be three games out? If I put the rider on, if Collingwood do win... Uh, there'll be three games out of the top two, and if Brisbane fumbled tonight, they would they would be the same margin back. You're 100% right, though. Brisbane know they've got... If Collingwood, Melbourne, um, Geelong, they kind of could luck a home final, even though for Geelong it's not the home final as such at the MCG, but they could luck finishing fourth and still getting a home final against, say, Collingwood if they finish first at the MCG. Whereas Brisbane know they're not going to get that. They had their chance to win a grand final at the Gabba and couldn't do it a few years ago. Yep. And for St Kilda, is there... I feel like tonight they don't want to break the win-loss cycle tonight. Um, is there a risk that they spin out in the back half of the season again? And it won't be in the same manner because we think they're a very different team. But I think there's probably a risk that they, they played outstanding footy fresh under the new system and then you steadily get picked apart. You have to make your adjustments mm. and they'll look to be a better list next year than they are this year, which was always their mode coming in. I think so. But what they do get, even if they lose tonight, they win their next two as a, as a footy club. So all of a sudden they still stay in the mix of, of what they need to do from round 18 onwards. As a, uh, at Round 18 onwards, I should say. No, I got that wrong, Jerry. They, they play the West Coast Eagles next week. In, the, in Perth, though. And the West Coast are getting yeah. players back. So let's just put a little rider yeah. on the West Coast being easy bits for the next few weeks okay. as well. Okay, all right. You love pumping it up the way, but I can't see that. No, uh, I know, but uh, I can't the see good that part happening. of that equation is also, Adam Simpson, what do you got as a coach? If they get yep. all their players back, it's time for them to start yep. winning too. So they actually have something to play for in the end, the West Coast, in this back end of the season, even though they can't play for finals. Yeah, exactly right. And the next four, they go West Coast away, Melbourne, and then uh, Gold Coast away. So I think there's some real opportunities for the Saints still to, to be in that mix. And then Hawthorne, which is no easy beat as well. I get, I get what you're saying, Dwayne, with West Coast. I... I understand where Hawthorne mm. are at as well as a, as a club and can play quite, uh, you know, quite exciting footy. But that's their opportunity through 18, 19, 20 to see whether they're going to play finals or not. So it's, it's completely alive for the Saints. It's in their hands. Yeah, I think there's only three sides that they do play in the, in the top eight for the remainder of the season. So, I mean, the, there is plenty of opportunity if they do drop mm. tonight's game. But, I mean, that's something that they obviously don't want to do and, and keep in touch in that space. 
Tomorrow's car is available today. A selected range of Hyundai Tucsons are in stock and ready to drive away, including the 2023 Tucson N-Line taken to the next level. Tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. Brad Johnson, you were at Geelong last night. What did you think? I thought the, the game for three quarters, there, there wasn't sort of too much sort of going on, to be, to be honest with you. It was... It was it was sort of a weird sort of scenario. After what happened with Jeremy, it was sort of a bit weird the whole the whole setup and and the actual game itself until it came to live at the start of that start of that last quarter. So, look from a I, going into the game, I thought it was going to be Melbourne's Melbourne's game with Geelong's key outs, and I just thought where Melbourne had been the two weeks prior to the bye, they got their they got their form back defensively. I thought they were setting things up really well. The D's making it difficult for the opposition to to score, but Geelong were able to sort of Get the start. Yeah, they were in, they, Melbourne fought their way back through the second and third quarters, but they didn't, they didn't gap the game enough. And then what happened in that last quarter? Five goals from seven inside 50s to start that last quarter. The Catters, it was, it was pretty powerful. And the beauty of it in some ways was that Chris Scott had to reinvent it without Jeremy Cameron, with Tom mm. Hawkins not actually getting much of the ball. And to reinvent it, through being forced to by opening up the forward line and letting Gary Rowan have the space was a clever bit of coaching as well. Sam DeConing was back to his best yeah, he was as great. well. He was great last night. He, he his Stuart first was, half in particular was very good. He was just unbelievable <laughs> every week. He's a good isn't player, he? isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's seriously just consistently good and strong. I had a text today tough. saying that he's gone past Matthew Scarlett. And it's, it's, oh. it's a tough guy to ever go past. No. But I think in terms of his... Game output for a shorter space of time. Scala was great over a decade, but for Tom Stewart in his short space in the game, has had a, an amazing career. He's continuing to to be a godsend as a backup leader with Patrick Dangerfield not there and Joel Seward retired. Yeah, amazing, amazing. You you put him. Imagine if it, you could sit him next to Scala. Scala's full back, and then you got Tommy Stewart sitting next to him. I think that's where you you've got to sort of lay the comparisons. I don't think you'll ever go past a and Matty Scarlett, but in terms of positioning, he, he owns that sort of back pocket, half back role that, you know, as good as anyone that Geelong's ever seen play that particular role. And it's his, like you mentioned, it's his leadership abilities on the field as well with, mm. with a number of players and leaders that have been sort of in and out of the team over the course of this season and, and, and just the way he's been able to stand up and, and take control as well has been really impressive to watch. But I think it's also great that Geelong are, are back home having a, a, a great home ground advantage win, I think, as well. I think that came to fruition as well last night. So the MRO has just landed. Tom Stewart has been charged with unreasonable or unnecessary contact with an injured player, Jack Viney, in the first quarter. It's his first offence. It's a fixed financial sanction of $1,500. Yep. yep. Yeah, look, I, I didn't think there was too much in it, to be, to no, be honest with you. I think it's a good thing. He had an out that he probably didn't know how injured he was. But I think for the look of the game, that's a good move, I think, by the AFL. It's a fine. It's a warning to the rest of the competition. Hey, uh, if there is any inclination that a guy might be slightly hurt, just have a think about what you're doing. And it's not a suspendable offence. Well, second offence, would it be, Jared? No, or third? no, it just rises okay, in the fine. fines. Okay. What about the D's then, Jared? Where, where did you see them last night, especially their midfield? I thought their midfield was, was beaten last night, where I go into the game thinking you've got Petrarca in the middle, you've got Viney, who's been in good form, up against... Bruin and and Holmes, and you sort of go, well, they should be able Blitzars to control was in that there too. He's a good Blitzars, ruck rover blitzer. He's a very he's playing that role perfectly yeah. at at the moment. He jumps in the ruck at times, and I know he was the bigger presence around around the ball, but they couldn't get they couldn't get outside the contest at all last night, Melbourne. It was it was like they they trained for the skinny ground and they they played that way, and it just. It didn't suit them one one bit whatsoever. No, it didn't. And and I mean, it's a, I think that's a real testament to the mids of Geelong mm. and what they're building there with those sort of younger players coming through the system to to come up a, a an experienced Melbourne midfield. And I know they're missing the likes of Oliver in that side as well. But I mean, Viney and Petrarca alone are, are very experienced players. So to so to come up against those two and and to beat them, I think was really impressive by Geelong. Yeah, it was. It was. And and Tanner Bruin's game was was solid. Like he. Mm. He looked like a man last night. And it's probably the first time I've said that about Tanner. And I've known him for a number of years. He's a third-year player, isn't he? Yeah, he is. But so, he looked thick last yeah, night, you know what I mean? But, like, but he didn't we, look out of place, did he? There are a lot of third-year players we don't expect to dominate a game. But there's, mm. there's an expectation on Tanner Bruin. Step up, mate. Yep. And that's probably a little unrealistic sometimes of a third-year player because some guys don't do it that quickly. Mm. But last night he did. And it was, a, it was a good time to do it as well. So he just adds an, another strong layer to what they'll get back 
in the back half of the year. I said to you last week, Jared, that I thought they wouldn't play finals. Now winning that last night, you sort of <laughs> got to you got to reassess it instantly because and if they do make the finals and they, they we know they have to win seven to do it, they've ticked one off. That they go in with serious form, with serious players back in their lineup, that all of a sudden you go, wow, they're a, they would be a genuine threat even outside the top four. Yeah, seven and seven. The bottom end of the eight is shaky, I mm. think. Yep. Yep. I, I think from five down is shaky. So any team who gets on a sequence of wins um, may very well stake their claim. But I, I just feel like, so I got two thoughts on Melbourne. One is the rain compromised it. That's, so, a, that, that, that's a fact. I, I love those wet weather games about three times a year. You don't want them any more than that. So it becomes fascinating. <laughs> and I think it rips out a whole lot of layer of analysis that you could have had, which is just not relevant because of the specific conditions. But my preseason question remains my preseason question is Grundy's presence doesn't allow Gorn to be the best player in the competition. And when they were the best team, Max Gorn was the best player. Yep. And so they compromise for, they think, the collective strength of the two, but it just doesn't allow Max to be Max. And I think they suffer from that. I'll yeah, take your bet on that. I agree. I'll take your bet on that. I, I, I think it will in September. I think really? against Collingwood, okay. Max got a couple of rests. And when he came back on, I think he was a really dominant force. And, you know, maybe just the rested Max is probably what we're going to get as well with Grundy being able to pinch in the ruck. I still think it's going to work. Yeah, so I, I want Max to be best on ground in a preliminary final. Yeah. But the way this set up is he can't be. He used to be, mm. but he can't be that. So they, they bring him they back win without him doing to get it, two strengths. They yep. get the collective strength of the two. Mm. I'd just rather Max be the best their, player on the ground. Their best game as a combo was their first ever practice game. And the way they worked it that day was Max Gorn centre back and the opposition couldn't get past we him. He was marking, Casey, marking everything on the wing. Yeah. And then... Grundy was centre forward mm. and doing everything in that in that part of the ground. That, I haven't seen that again since, to be to be frank. So that that might be the adjustment that's required to he allow both. He dropped a both. few marks last night, Max. Yeah, he did. And conditions didn't yeah, didn't um, right. didn't allow that. But I thought Geelong defensively, when Max went forward, they double teamed him, so he couldn't get the jump at it. De Conning stood in front of him, so he was the big body that Max had to jump over to mark the ball. So positionally, I think the opposition can work that. When he's sitting defensively, you're not stopping him for these outlet kicks that then can turn into a positive going back the other way. Who would you back for clearance then, Ellie, if it was a grand final and you've got Petrarca, Oliver, Viney, Gorn, or you've got Stanley, Dangerfield, Bruin, Blitzars, maybe, or Holmes and Blitzars? <laughs> it's a tough question. It is a tough question. That's why I asked you and didn't give an answer myself. Yeah, it should be Melbourne. Yeah, I should be. I, that's I the answer. It should, it should be, be Melbourne. Yeah, it should be. But it wasn't last night. So is night it going to be? Because it wasn't Dangerfield and Oliver. But Geelong still no. won it last night. So, yeah, that's, the, that's where it's going to get to probably sometime yeah. in the finals, isn't it? Do you want to have a think about it for a little while? Or do you want to just go out on a limb like Jono normally does? You know, no, you know what the opposition, you know what, you know what the opposition <laughs> are doing, though? They're, they're stopping Melbourne coming out the front yeah. of centre bounce. And that's, that's where they're, they're most dangerous. When Gorn's getting that one over mm-hmm. the top, Petrarca's sweeping around and, and getting into the, into the right spots to go forward on yep. centre bounce. Opposition have closed that up. And with, whether it's just through a traditional sweeper or whether they're setting two back to restrict that. If Melbourne win it, they're going back first to go forward. So I think that's a massive win for the opposition against them when uh, they're in those scenarios. And I think of recent times, they're losing a bit of versatility in there with the... With the look of Oliver, I think he creates something different for Melbourne rather than the burst that we see with Petrarca doing it. Oliver can change angles a little bit differently and, and sort of his running capabilities out wider are a little bit different to what we see Petrarca trying to come through the front. So that's probably what opposition are trying to do because they know that's sort of their one man in there trying to do most of that work. So, I mean, it's something for them to, to build on and obviously work that structure between Gorn and Grundy to get a right system moving forward. The other bit out of the game was I heard callers to Sam this morning saying that the booing of Gary Rowan didn't happen. Mm. It happened. We were there. Yeah, we it heard happened. It. Now we're trying to work out Jared. where it came. I was but thinking the about the first today. possession he got after it had happened. There was a really weird response, and we all heard it and we noted it at the time. Was there a little whoops though with the people that did it? Realize, hang on, we did it for fun, but actually, Jeremy Cameron's hurt, so it doesn't actually mm. have a, an appropriate context it, it, here, and didn't do yeah. it again. So it was. 10 or 12 minutes afterwards because mm. of the delay of the game. But it happened. Now, and I, it wasn't I the Melbourne who, supporters no, on the far side of the ground. The the ground. Can I give you a guess? 
I think there's still a love hate with Gary Rowan with Cat fans. I think there's still a little bit of it there. Did you hear the? Did you hear the one Geelong supporter that tried to start the Geelong chant? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was towards the end of right. of Jeremy getting onto the onto the cart, Rebend. and it was like it was like the old slow clap that right. the, you know you got to do it at the right time. And <laughs> the Geelong supporter tried and. Got right. drowned out very, very <laughs> They get accused of not being vocal enough down there. Yes, so. yes. yes. Our Friday night pregame show is for Beaumont Tiles. Ardex and RLA Tyler specials are in store now. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate. And barbecues galore. Shop now. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate. And barbecues galore. Shop now. Friday night footy at Marvel under the roof. It is Spud's game. St Kilda hosting the Brisbane Lions. Fourth versus fifth as they sit on the ladder coming here for round 15. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. We're going to touch base with both teams in the build-up to this. Lenny Hayes is going to join us from the Saints and Danny Daly, who's the GM of footy for the Lions, who have had a bit to deal with over the past couple of weeks. Jared Waitley, Dwayne Russell, Ellie Blackburn and Brad Johnson with you as we chew over a, a few of the issues that are before us. How are we enduring the buy rounds? <laughs> It's a bit torturous stretching oh, it before, isn't it? It's long. It's my my ideal, Jared. I, Dwayne asked me this today as well. Is one bite? That's it. That that's my ideal. It always has been. I think it always will be. We all take one week off, and then we get we get back into it. Everyone's break is pretty much the same, um, and that that's how I see it. I don't know, Ali, what your thoughts are on the length of the buys. It feels really strong <laughs> from my perspective as well. It's. I, I, I was shocked to realise that there was still another five or so teams or six teams in a in a bye this weekend mm. as well. It it feels absurd that it's gone on for this long. <laughs> It'll be resolved with the trade window. It's, we'll have a weekend off with a trade window. And then we won't have anything to argue about about this team coming off a bye against a team not coming off a bye, playing against <laughs> each other. All that, well, because every team's going to be coming off the bye. That's good. And I liked your point. So we'll have the trade, which we didn't speak about today. But yeah. also, you know, then you can play the, the national championships around that weekend yeah. as well. And there's, there's plenty of things that you can still do from a footy perspective, as well as the trade, which I think will be enormous. Through, oh, yeah. that, through that period <laughs> I'm of sure time. People will want it won't to be, stop to go back to playing. Won't be an issue of, <laughs> of, um, of you know, the media coverage dropping off during that, during that period, would there? No, no. You'd, you'd easily sustain that. Then you just have to find a couple of fixed pieces for the weekend. To, yep. And the national championships may very well be that. That mm. might really help elevate knowing who the draft players are if you structure that weekend right. With Ellie not knowing what your season's looking like. But in the future, Ellie, will your st- season start earlier with more games so you could maybe start the bye weekend or uh, and still play your grand final in December? What's the extension of a season when you yeah, get it looking Nirvana. like? Yeah, that's a, it's a great sort of discussion. And it's, it's been thrown up whether you then have a bye over the Christmas period and, and play in towards January in that space. But I, I reckon we go backwards I reckon we go more into the men's season this way and and playing that by round personally I, I think it's Opening a round of the A4W season yeah yeah great great addition I, I I think that would work in the in the future and it allows then for sort of yeah to add in an extra 10 or so games of footy for AFLW which I'm not mad about it allows us sort of get attached too we'll all watch the first yep. round of the AFLW and think yeah okay she's great and this team looks really good and we'll get some sort of attachment because we all love footy too much to not watch it for a weekend mm. Are you resigned to the fact that your next season will be 10 games? Yeah, I, I think there's an understanding that it probably will be 10, despite sort of not knowing uh, yet. And, and obviously there's the negotiations happening at the moment between the PA, the players and, and the AFL itself. But, you know, we would love personally, I, I think, as a collective playing group to add more games. But I think you understand the context of the season and, and it's around the corner. So it most likely is going to be 10, which is almost a tough pill to swallow because we would love to, that extension and it's something we want. We want more games. We want more opportunity to show our talent and, and you know, promote the game in that space. So, yeah, I, I think from the, the sounds of it all, it looks like it'll probably be 10. But despite, I think we'll keep 
pushing and, and keep challenging in that space. When Before AFLW, so Darabin, how many games were there in a season? I think roughly off the top of my head, I, I think it might have been like 14 to 16 games. So you would have played, you know, most teams a couple of times and, and then had your, your four-week final series on top of that. So you were getting more experience. And the game length as well was, I think, 20 or 25-minute quarters as well. So on top of that... You're playing more games, but getting more game time out on the field as well, which is uh, I think has also been a, a good talking point too. Is is to extend the length of quarters so there's more opportunity for play. See, some some second tiers have actually adjusted. Queensland adjusted their season so for when the AFLW was in the in the summer, so they're still they're coming actually towards the end of their yep. their season now. The the girls up there and the Adelaide were were the same. So there has to be adjustments and shifts. Everywhere because done it too. because when you're when you're playing and you and some of the girls aren't in the team that's yep. that's my concern they've got nowhere back to go prove form so there's there's those things and, and anomalies in the fixture as well yeah and I I think that's an issue as well Jono because if you're one of those players that you know you you're sort of on the on the brink of playing and you're not quite there yet. And or you're coming off the back of an injury and, and the VFLW season, for example, for us, which I know is, is that it's happening now and then it'll be finished by the time the AFLW season starts. So if you're one of those players that is returning from injury or is sort of on the cuff of, of getting a game, you, you're missing out on 12 months of footy. Like you don't play a game at all in that mm. calendar year. And, and that's what we're seeing happen to players. And, and I think that's an issue because you could just easily sort of stop playing AFLW and, and just focus on playing it in a VFLW game or a, a local community game because you want to play because you love it and you're just not getting that opportunity mm. at the moment as a result of it. There's a really strong case study in cricket to advance the standard you have to play. Yep. So ahead of time, and, and I give Cricket Australia all the credit in the world here, they not only washed finance through, they put a huge WBBL schedule on so that the women played ahead of time. And they were playing way more games than the men mm. for a few seasons there. And then look at what it's built to as you play more, the skills improve enormously and Australia watched that test cricket last night yep. and well over 300 in a day's play. So I think the, to stunt it is just not to give you enough opportunity to play it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think the more opportunity you get out on the field and, you know, to, to train and to play and, and actually get match practice, the better the competition's going to be and the, the better the players are going to be as a result of it. We've seen natural growth over the seven seasons so far. And a lot of that's as a result of players getting opportunity to play. The the players that are coming through that are 18 now and getting picked up, they're good football players because they started from Auskick, because they went through the junior pathways, because they had opportunity. And it, then that's sort of getting taken away from them at that AFLW space. Yeah, the growth, the growth is, yeah, you can train and you, you'll, get, you'll get hours on the track and the skills are getting better. I 100% agree. I'm, I'm seeing it firsthand as well. But... It's under the pre- oh. It's under game day pressure. Yeah. That that's the growth in the game there that we're talking about. It's yep. it's being able to execute execute effectively under pressure. So that that's matches. That that's that's just playing pure games of football. That that's what's going to allow the the girls that are coming through and the players that are coming through at 18, 19 years of age now to take the game forward in the next you know five to ten years. I agree in that space, and and I understand the reason behind the the shorter system in terms of the fixturing with only, you know, seven to ten games across these seven seasons. It's to build the product in a short amount of space and to promote it and and to get really high engagement across seven to ten rounds of footy, and then you add your finals in there. I I understand the place for it, and I get it. And and but now it's the the next steps and the next layers in the competition is to build on the season length and and allow that opportunity for the for the game to grow mm. in another space and and the only way the the game's going to grow in terms of out on the field itself is by players getting out on the field mm. a bit more and and having that opportunity yep. how significant's the return of Jeremy Howe this weekend that's massive <laughs> it really it really is even it even goes deeper than just um, you know his his selection to to play. It's the presence and it's what he does structurally and all these other little layers that go to to Jeremy Howe being mm. being out on the field. He's such a popular teammate as well. He's much loved within the Collingwood community. So it's 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 big. And then you add Jamie Elliott to that as well. All of a sudden you go Collingwood are flying and they're getting these guys back that can add serious um, 
you know, serious ability to, to where they want to go come season's end. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe he's back. I mean, what an incredible effort it has been from his side of things with, with the recovery and rehab that he would have had to have put in to be back. And then the confidence he would have had to have built to, to be comfortable being back out on the footy field itself is a, is a true testament to sort of what he's put in himself. But I think it just adds another layer of excitement for Collingwood. They're just finding mm. other ways to, to create excitement within their team and, and their opportunities come from, from different angles. And, and this week it's Jeremy Howe coming back into the side. You're right. It's a, it's a real credit because he's gonna, he plays a certain way and one way only. He, he can't second-guess himself leading coming back game day to, to the way that he wants to play his most natural game. So that's, that's the first watch, I think, in terms of Jeremy Howe's return. And, it's, and as much as you, you train it and you get some confidence from, from that, it's just a, it's a different beast come, come game day. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big call. It's, it's the right call at the moment. We wait and see how his performance uh, goes. It feels like the perfect time to come back round 15. You might play, then rest, then play. So you probably get five weeks to just tune up and then mm. play your best footy on the run in. And when he's at his best, he's, he's one of their best five players, I think. Uh, there, have been, uh, there have been a couple of years where you go, he's nearly their best player. Mm. Well, Darcy, so Darcy Moore's going to love it. He yeah. is going to love having Jeremy Howe standing next he's to him. He's not going to love it, Jono. Who <laughs> misses out? <laughs> well, that's, well, Billy Frampton well, that's, misses out. Yeah. He does. But, but he, he did his role. Yeah. And he, he might, if one of the Ruckman go down, they know that he can, he can plug into Ruckman, defence, wherever. So he's proven his worth. But you are, if you're able to replace Frampton with Howe, you're upgrading with what's on the field. Look at their back six now. Quainer Moore, Maynard, Howe, Murphy, Noble. <laughs> it's a pretty strong back six, isn't it? Yeah. With, um, with that. So you're going to have to be in great form to, to hold, your, hold your spot. Nick Dacos flows across halfback. Yeah. We, we know that. There's but a few people talking about pushing him into the midfield as well. Are you one of those? Nick Dacos, yeah. oh, I, I think he just keeps playing the natural way that, that he is at the moment. He still gets mm. enough time around the ball to, to win it. I think it suits them, him winning uncontested ball coming off the back half anyway. Yeah, mm. I, yeah, I agree. I, I think the way they're playing him is is pretty uh, spot on as well. But, yeah, I mean, I, and even hearing, I think it was Jeremy Howe talking about his sort of connection on field, um, sorry, um, yeah, sorry, Jeremy Howe talking about his on-field connection with Darcy Moore and, and that they've worked out a system together. I'm not too sure where I heard it, so I can't sort of credit the sources there, but it was sort of... Make it your own, Ellie. No, <laughs> I, I own. definitely can't claim this myself, but hearing him talk about that um, and, and just the way that they're understanding who flies and when they fly and, and things like that, I think is in, mm. uh, impressive. Our Friday night's pre-match coverage ahead of St Kilda and the Brisbane Lions is for Beaumont Tiles, Ardex and RLA Tyler specials are in store now. We're about to be joined by Lenny Hayes. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Barbecues Galore. Shop now. Friday night footy here at Marvel is St Kilda and the Brisbane Lions. It is Spud's game, so it's a big occasion as well as a high-end match as fourth plays fifth. We're in the Saints camp here with assistant coach and great of the club, Lenny Hayes. Lenny, always terrific to have you on AFL Nation. Welcome. Thanks very much, Jared. So maybe the occasion before the footy, what, what, what has this game come to mean to the club? Oh, it's huge. It's, um, yeah, it's a really big occasion for the club and being a Friday night game and Spud's game and just the build-up with his lunch last week and just the amount of work that Spud's family have done for the footy club and how everyone's got behind it, it's, it's huge for us. So we're looking forward to putting a, a good performance in tonight in honour of that. How do you find the, the blend of there's an acute sadness that goes with it and we experience this at Fox Footy as well, but there's also sort of that resolute sense of purpose that has been drawn from Spud's passing. How do you find that balance? Yeah, it's, it's difficult, you know, especially early. It was just, there was just so much grief. He's just such a big personality and, and such a great of our football club. And, and to lose him in that manner, you know, it was just so hard to take. But as you've said, it, it's just so good that everyone's come together around this and, and we're getting mental health out there and we're talking about it, we're discussing it. And, and something really positive and good has, has come from that. And, um, you know, and Spud's family... Anita and, and the girls are such a big part of that. They've done a fantastic job. And it's, um, yeah, as I said, it's a really big night. It is hard to, to find that balance, but you have to keep looking at the positives, push on, and that's what Spudded want. 
And Lenny, when you look at the positives that do come out, have you seen a shift within the within the club and the players in particular about opening up, about how they are actually travelling and how they are feeling as a group? Yeah, I think that's something that's really changed, Jono, um, you know, amongst football clubs. It, it's now, you know, you're really encouraged to talk about, you know, how you're going, how you're feeling, checking in with your mates. It, it's just a really big part of it. And, um, you know, the mental side of the game and, and, and even that, that part of it, just having that ge- genuine care and empathy and, and being aware and understanding of, of those around you, it's, um, it's something that's come a long way since, you know, I've been involved in the game. And it's for the better, I mean, because it doesn't matter whether you're a footballer, you know, whether, you know, you're a landscape gardener, you know, different people go through different issues. And if you can be aware of those and look out for the warning signs, but also help each other through it, you know, it's just a much better place for everyone. So we feel like we've got a really safe and, uh, environment down to the Saints. We've tried to build that um, yeah, and, and Spud's game and the initiative there is a big part of that. And we think we, we do things pretty well. We're always looking to get better, though. That's a great message. Lenny, thanks for sharing that. Um, and obviously, off the back of last week against the loss with Richmond, how do you review that game and, and sort of take some positives out of it into the game tonight? Yeah, we certainly looked at the game and, and we looked at what we did well. And we thought for large parts of the game, we, we, we did a lot right. We probably had three or four shots in that last quarter and, and none of them really scored. So there's a few missed opportunities. There's a little bit around their class um, at stoppage that got us um, on a few occasions. We just feel like if we can tidy up some of those um, concentration errors and, and maximise our opportunities, I thought we were every chance to win that game. And they're obviously you know, running pretty hot at the moment. They're high on emotion with Cochin's 300th and, and they're still a really good side with a lot of experience. So, you know, even, even when we have had a couple of losses this year, we, we've always looked at the positives and what we can take into next week and there are a couple of things we'll focus on at training. How are you handling the, the win-loss, win-loss, up-and-down scenario that uh, has been created over the last couple of months, Lenny? Yeah, Jono, it's, it's an interesting one. It's, uh, again, I think, you know, Ross has created a great environment where, you know, you're always learning and, and, and results really are just feedback. And we, we've had a couple of really poor results, um, you know, the Adelaide game and, and probably the Hawthorne game here before the bye we're really disappointing but some of our other losses we've actually done a lot right we just haven't got over the line so we're continually just looking to build our football and and again you know with a new coaching staff you're learning and you're evolving as we go along so again tonight's just another opportunity to come up against a really good side who are going to test us in different ways and we just want to play our best footy and and see where we end up and max king Lenny, he's, he's been in some great battles of late. He's been able to hit the scoreboard quite well for the Saints and the fans have been loving having him back. How have you seen his return and, and what do you look uh, expect from him tonight? Yeah, he's been really strong. He's, you know, a, a, as you know, he's just such a good focal point for us up forward and our whole forward lines just look different with him there and he, he just gives us a great target. He always brings the ball to ground if he doesn't mark it and um, you know, he's been pretty accurate in front of goal. So he's, he's been sensational really with the amount of football that he missed. But it's just a credit to the work that he did in his rehab that he's been able to come out, compete and, and really impact. So we'll be looking for that again tonight. Again, it doesn't, our whole forward line doesn't evolve around him. We think if we can get the ball to ground um, with some of the smalls that we've got in really good form, we can trouble you know, Brisbane's defenders, but we just need to get in there enough, I think. Now, Lena, I just want to know how you, Corey, and Rob Harvey are travelling at the moment. First, first, first four weeks of the season, Ross couldn't have mentioned you guys enough. I haven't heard him mention you <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. What does he say? He says, if you can take the bouquets, you have to take the, uh, <laughs> the wax as well. So, look, we, again, yeah, we, uh, it, look, it's been good. We, I think we've got a, the coaching staff's gelled really well. Uh, we, we've got a lot to work on. Don't worry about that. We, we still think that uh, our best footy, is around the corner. We're, we're still continuing to evolve and build. And, um, yeah, Ross is, is driving us hard, which you'd expect. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're gelling pretty well as a group. When I look at the ruck battle tonight, Lenny, you go, OK, well, Marshall versus the big O. So that, that one will play out the way that it is. It's more the secondary option that, that may come your way, whether that's an Owens versus a Danaher. That, that becomes more of an intriguing battle tonight. How do you see that? Yeah, it will be, uh, Jono. Yeah, look, Big O's in, in terrific form. And, uh, you know, Rowan Marshall's had a sensational season too. So we feel like Owens gives us, um, you know, he's got a really good leap. He might not win the hits, but it's his follow-up and his, his uh, contest work that's a real bonus for us. But, you know, Joe Danaher's pretty dangerous in there too. So we, we feel like, you know, Caminiti could also go in the ruck if we needed some height. So we feel like we've got some options. But we like what Owens brings just with his around the ground and his contest work and his follow-up. Are you, are you tempted with, with Mitch to play him more forward depending on the matchup you get? Only because you look at what they do defensively and he may be a mismatch tonight. Yeah, we, I feel like Stasevich might, might go to him and try and 
put some time into him. Um, you know, we saw last week Broad put a lot of time into him and, and did a pretty good job. So I think the, the the thing about Mitch is he can come up the field and he can work really hard back. He can play deep. So we've got a few options if it isn't working. You can even sort of have a little run in the midfield and, and we know that he goes in the ruck as well. So uh, Brisbane genuinely sort of try to play a one-on-one game so sometimes you can dictate the positioning um, and and get up and up and back and so that, that's something that we'll look at tonight and obviously the midfield battle as well we we sort of ross has mentioned that jack Steele's probably not playing at his full capacity at the moment and coming up against the likes of dunkley neil uh and ashcroft in there how do you look to stop them and and sort of get Steele up and about for a game like tonight yeah, it's, it's going to be a great battle. And I think the thing with Steely is he's um, you know, he's had a few niggles, but you know over the last couple of weeks he's trained really well and he said his body's feeling as, as well as it has all year. So I think the way that he plays, he's always going to carry a bit of general soreness. But, yeah, the midfield battle is going to be crucial. You know, they bat really deep through there. Um, and, and so we've got to, going to have our work cut out. But we, we feel like we've got a few options to go through there. And if we control a bit, a bit of the stoppage in their front half game and we can get the ball going our way, we, we feel we're going to be able to score. You wake up a little bit easier this morning, Lenny, knowing that you're going to play under the roof tonight, get some get some pure footy in. Yeah, well, after last week, and yeah, Melbourne's winter's really uh, starting to set in, isn't it? So it's quite nice, and you know, you would have liked it at Jono as a player Absolutely. that you just knew that the roof's going to be over, and it's going to be a quick deck, so um, I think our players are looking forward to it. Hey, Lenny, they've got a ruck sub. You've got Cooper Sharman as your sub. Uh, what do you make of it when, I mean, not many teams play a ruck sub, Darcy Fort, like they will. No, they have done that in the past, mm. and I, I feel like they do like having the three um, key tools. So they've gone a little bit different with their structure, but if they feel like they need to stretch us, they might be able to bring him on. It might also be a tactic to wear Rowan down. So we'll just have to see that how that plays out. Always great to have you with us, Lenny. Good luck for tonight. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Lenny Hayes, assistant coach at the Saints. Tomorrow's car is available today. A selected range of Hyundai Tucsons are in stock and ready to drive away, including the 2023 Tucson N-Line taken to the next level. Tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. We'll be in the Lions camp next, so we'll ask that mm. question. They, I remember they used Fort once and... It didn't work. No, his fake said he'd never do it again. Yes. Uh, We're doing it again. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. Friday night footy on AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and for Barbecues Galore Shop Now. Jared Waitley, Dwayne Russell, Ellie Blackburn and Brad Johnson with you. We've just touched base with the Saints, so let's switch over to the Lions where Danny Daly is the GM of footy. Danny, great to have you on board. Welcome. How you going, all right? Super. How are you? Going very well, thank you. Hey, is the coach a bit on edge at the moment? <laughs> we were just talking about that. Yeah, he's... Uh... Yeah, the, um, the press conference is a little bit on edge, but uh, we had a chat about that after his press conference. He's been pretty good since, so uh, I'm not sure what that was all about. I think the uh, I think the journos had come straight for the State of Origin game, <laughs> yes. so they hadn't really prepped pretty well. So uh, anyway, he's okay. He it's was, his birthday today. So. Yes, oh. and his 150th game as coach as well, so there's milestones all over the place. Yeah, he, right. he was... He was totally living last week's game to almost an unhealthy degree. Do you observe that? Do you play a role in that? How do you see it when, when, uh, when a perfectly calm and sane man loses his mind? <laughs> well, I was sitting next to him. Yes. So I got uh, some sore ribs from that game. He, he actually belted me a couple of times. So, um, but it's one of those ones, yeah, we always uh, have a bit of a chat about it after the game, which sometimes might be too late, people say, but... Uh, we always review after the game and uh, when I'm watching the vision, if I see things like that, because you obviously don't see it at the time, but uh, we always have a chat about it after the game. And, uh, yeah, it was probably, um, you know, big stakes for us last week coming off the, the Hawthorne loss and, you know, we just couldn't quite get clear of the sun. So um, he, was, he was on edge a bit last week as well, but it um, hasn't happened too often, so we'll see how he goes tonight. So does it speak to the, the overall that you're... You're right on the cusp of, well, no, you're right in contention, not on the cusp. You're in contention and, and grappling with things in the middle of the year. Does it just speak to the high-end quest that this is? Yeah, it does. And uh, obviously last week was a big week for the footy club, and especially for Fags, you know, having those conversations with, uh, you know, two champions of the game in our club in Richie and Jack, which, um, you know, was were long and hard and tough conversations. So, um, but... I think we're also, you know, working off the fact that, you know, we needed to get the win after that because if we didn't, there'd be more questions asked about us. So, uh, on the positive side of all that, we we got to see a couple of youngsters play and um, they perform very well. So, um, you know, all goes well for them to perform against tonight. 
Danny, when things did calm down after a couple of days and you get in front of the players and you review the performance of last week, what are, what are a couple of things that, that, you're, that you liked as a, as a coaching group and some things where you, you know you've got some improvement to come? Yeah, it's a good question. I think off the back of the Hawthorne game, we're obviously very disappointed with our, our, our team defence, which has been quite good uh, in the first half of the year. So, uh, you know, we really whacked the boys after that game. So it was um, showing them... Uh, the things they did well against Sydney in the defensive side of things um, and reminding them that plays a big part in the, in the game full stop. So uh, that was one positive that we took out of the game. Um, we probably at times were a little bit uh, selfish down forward in you know, not sharing the ball around a little bit more and giving guys in better position shots on goal. So you know, we speak about premiership behaviour, so we're a little bit disappointed in that aspect of it. So we touched on that, so hopefully we get a better result from that tonight. So they were probably the two main things we discussed. And obviously, Hugh McCluggage coming back into the side this week after the concussion. How's he tracking? Yeah, Hugh's going uh, really well. Um, he put up really well after the game. He did all the training last week and passed all the protocols. So um, he's done everything this week and, and he's right to go. So, yeah, no worries with you. And, Danny, do you actually get to give Fags one back? When Jasper Fletcher breaks through two tackles and kicks a beautiful goal, do you give him a nudge back and say, hey, we've got another one here? Oh, we do, no doubt. <laughs> um, and I think the way he kicked it as well is... a. Uh, He's a terrific young lad and, um, you know, we, uh, I think the, the good thing about last week, as I said earlier, was bringing these kids in and, and, sh- and showing what they could do and, uh, you know, when he kicked that goal, I think um, we saw him grew in confidence after that and we just need to keep playing these guys and getting games into them. And speaking of young talent, Will Ashcroft, he's been brilliant this season, averaging the 22 two disposals and, and three tackles so far this season himself. He's been impressive. Yeah, he has through the midfield, obviously, with uh, Josh Dunkley and Lockie Neal forming that, you know, threesome in the in the middle so he's been very impressive We've obviously just got to watch his workload he's probably played a little best, bit less game time in the last couple of weeks but tonight he'll get back up to his 75 80 percent but you know we can't ask for much more than what he's been able to provide for us so far this year as a first year player Danny one of the hardest things to assess is how this group is is looking pre-game are they going to start well tonight I know the last couple of weeks haven't been great in terms of terms of starts, how do, you, how do you roll them up? How do you get them, how do you get them motivated to, to hit the ground running? Oh, mate, you've been around footy longer than me, mate. Like, you, <laughs> it's you, a hard I, question, mate. I, I can't pick how they're going to come out and play. Like, um, they seem pretty energised and up and about, and we had a very quick meeting in there this, just about five minutes ago. So you hope they're full of energy. And, uh, you know, St Kilda, no doubt after last week, will come out firing. And, you know, the defensive part of the game is a, is a real key for uh, St Kilda. So it's going to be a tough old affair. And... Uh, you know, we need to make sure we're, we're ready to go early and just, you know, pound the rock as we call it and get the game on our terms as quickly as we can. And you've gone with the ruck sub again. You've done it a couple of times this season. Hasn't always worked for you? It hasn't in the past because we've probably played tall, but tonight we're obviously going a little bit smaller in our forward line, um, you know, with Jack Gunson not playing. And, uh, you know, we generally play the three key, so we've only got two. So we sort of went in with a mindset that um, if we lost the key defender forward or ruckman, at least we've got... Uh, someone who can come on the ground and, um, you know, fulfil that role because we're a little bit light on in that area. Um, and also we thought that, you know, later in the game, if we need another Ruckman on to get hold of Marshall or uh, go forward and try and catch a couple late, that we'd be going back to our normal, um, you know, three tools anyway. So that's that's the reason we went that way tonight. Can you take us into just the, re- the recovery of, of McCluggage a little bit, Danny? I know that he has to go through protocols and work with the doctors and all those sort of things. Is, but from, a, from an on-field perspective in training, is it ticking off a full week of training to, to get selected? Yeah, it is. I mean, the first part of last week after the, the Hawthorne game, it was, you know, he doesn't do much at all. You know, might walk a few laps, uh, yep. might get on the bike and, you know, spin the legs for half an hour. So the first week is really not much at all. Uh, then Monday and Tuesday this week we start increasing the load a bit um, we are obviously coming off a short break so Tuesday he uh, had to do the full session and tick that off um, which he did um, just from uh, a sort of a mindset and mental thing making sure he wasn't getting any more headaches after yep. a, a full uh, night of training so he got through all that and once he got through all that he was right to go so the first week was very limited and Danny, for, for Rich and Gunston, what, what have you prescribed for them? Have you put them to work straight away or did you give them a breather before they, they hit the physical block? No, straight into it. So basically on the Monday after the discussions, uh, they went to work on the Tuesday and uh, they've been training really hard ever since. Uh, so they do all the, the team training, but then they do extras um, on top of that, like running, um, a bit more bike, swimming, just endurance type stuff. Um, just to, to get them a little bit fitter, get a little bit more weight off them. But, yeah, they've been doing everything that the main 
uh, boys have been doing, but a little bit more, so right into it. How how far down the track does that program stretch? Are you doing it week to week, or did you give them a program that maps out X number of weeks? Yeah, it's pretty much a three-week block. Uh, so we'll do the three weeks. Um, we'll obviously get a high-performance team in and, and the boys in and assess where they're at and uh, whether we think that they're ready to come back into, into playing games, whether that be VFL level or AFL level. So, yeah, it's a three-week block. We'll reassess it at three weeks and, and see where we go from there. Have you done that before with any players? Never. Okay. So is it a little bit of a, um, a bit of an experiment to see how it works? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think it was good timing. Um, it's obviously been well documented that those boys haven't been playing their best football. So, you know, we're try- trying to provide them with an opportunity to be able to play their best football in the back half of the year. Uh, and we feel that our list and our depth is good enough to be able to, to bring some young guns in and cover those, those guys. So that was the, uh, the reasoning behind it. Danny, I stayed in Springfield for a couple of days last last weekend. What, I went and snuck and had a quick look at the facility. What, what has it meant to the group to have their own place to, to, to belong into and go and train at? It was, it was magnificent. Oh, look, for the mindset, it's, uh, it's brilliant for our players and also, you know, the staff. Um, obviously, living in the Gabba, um, down in the basement, isn't ideal, but it was what it was and we, and we dealt with it. But just being, you know, you obviously saw it and how great it is, so it's just giving us, our boys a real fresh... Uh, mindset, lots of energy, brings our players and our staff um, a lot more motivated. Um, it's just good to see our players and staff turn up every day with the smiles on their face and wanting to come to work, to be honest. Danny, great to have you with us. Good luck for tonight and beyond. Thanks very much, boys. Have a good call. Good on you. Danny Daly there, the General Manager of Football at the Brisbane Lions. Tomorrow's car is available today. A selected range of Hyundai Tucsons are in stock and ready to drive away, including the 2023 Tucson N-Line. Taken to the next level, Tech Driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. Sounds like a pretty punishing block for... For Rich and Gunston, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You put your hand up that you want to get fit. Well, guess what? We're going to get you fit. Beats so... my twos. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. But I, th- I think they're going to have to probably come back and play some footy in- as part of this block in the in the twos. Yeah. You, yeah. Did you ever get up at nine o'clock and play twos, John? Ever? I played in my last year. Well, when, my first year, yeah, I played nine games, well, no, 16 games before getting a senior one. But then after that, my next VFL game was in my last year and Rodney Eads sent me to, to Ballarat uh, to play against North Ballarat. It was about this time of year. It was, this, it was colder than this and it was, a, it was a mini disaster. I was actually lucky to get a senior game the next, the next week. I was, I was poor. In fact, Chris Maple came up to me at halftime and said, and said to me, Jono, all we want you to do in the second half is lay one tackle. Oh, <laughs> That's how well the game was going. So, anyway. Did you get that tackle away? I got one early, very early, and then didn't lay one for the rest of the, rest of the game. But, and yeah, so it was, a, it was an experience, but uh, that was it. I was I back in the ones. I have a feeling in behind oh, your observation, Dwayne, well, was it painful? We're going back into the dark ages here, but when I played, most of the games were two o'clock starts. So you played before the seniors. And all the twos games were really early. So you, mm. you were done before the seniors came out. So, yeah, it would be a... And I played a twos game at, at Witten Oval as well. So it was a pretty much a 8 o'clock bus, get to Witten Oval, get there, the dew's still on the grass. Mm. It was like school footy or you know, kids footy back in the day where you, you got up really early and you weren't really warmed up until just after quarter time. The funny part in those days was the senior players would all arrive for Geelong games on the bus with the coaching staff. They'd all come together. We were... Always go bust a Waverley, bust a winning away game for the us Geelong guys. And you would get the nod if you're in the twos about quarter time, just after quarter time, bus has arrived. So you knew all the coaches were there then. It was time so to start playing. Yes, love it. Love it. Uh, well. Friday night footy at Marvel. The warm ups are happening. St Kilda and the Brisbane Lions. Their game is a 7.50 start. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, Ardex, and RLA Tyler. Specials are in store now. Friday night footy is Spud's game. The introduction's happening for the celebrity pre-match event. 7.20 start. Gary Lyon, Tim Watson are the two coaches. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. Dwayne Russell, have you played a celebrity game? I have. I've played an EJ Witten game um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it was, it's hard to get a kick sometimes. Though. John, well, yeah. mind you, 
Um, it was hard for me to get a kick anyway. You were a superstar, Johnny. Did you play an EJ Witten game? I played a couple of EJ, yep. EJ games. Absolutely loved it. The last one I played, though, was... Remember at Fox last year, we played against the fans. Was that last oh, year or the yeah, year before? Yeah. We played against some some fans out of out at Fitzroy. And Razor Ray was the answer. Yes, he was, yeah. So Who that took was... that way too seriously? Was that Nick? Wasn't it Nick Revolt? Yeah. Uh, Moods. Moods. No, Moods, oh, Moods, was, was, Moods right. was the one running around <laughs> trying to whack everyone. And then off the back of that, we did we did Who's the Fastest at Fox Footy. We did a sprint off the back of it yep. the next couple of weeks, and I pinged my hammy for oh, the yeah. first time. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't run since. No. Haven't run since. Running's massively over. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, a couple of, uh, couple of current questions, shall we? Dwayne, will you seek to find what happened in this movie? Like, well, at some yeah. point, when I was growing up, my yep. sister and I would watch the Sunday night movie every week, and without fail, we would get to the last ad break, and she would go to bed. And the next morning, she would ask me what happened. And I got to the point of going, I'm not answering that question anymore. <laughs> if you can't stay up and watch the end of this movie with me, I'm not telling you in the next morning what happened. So this is the second time I've done it. I did it with John Wick. Didn't see the ending of John Wick because I had to go to the footy. Or well, I've had to go. I love coming to the footy, but uh, I'm filling in time. Um, so, yeah, that's right. You kind of know what the ending of John Wick is. But, no, no hard feelings. It was a good movie today. I will probably go and watch it with my wife. Um, because it's a good movie, it, and I didn't want to spoil the ending for myself <laughs> by sort of Googling what the ending So, yes, I will go and watch the ending. I, I, I'm like you, Jared. I am a movie watcher. Every now and then, my son will be watching something at home, you know, at one in the morning, and he'll say, watch this. And he was watching Apocalypse Now the other day, and I just got entranced by yep. it. It goes on and on and on. So, uh, no, I love a good movie, and, and uh, No Hard Feelings was pretty good. One of life's great indulgences is going to the movies on your own. I'm totally down with that. So you have done it a few oh, times? Lots and lots yeah. and lots yeah. of times. But when I walked out today, I did look like a, a nong. <laughs> Who is that guy <laughs> leaving with half an hour left? Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> just looking at some of the talent that's out there at the moment, I just saw Ben Dixon try to run out onto the ground. He's going to be some sort of watch, Dicko, because he is, his knees are shot. He can't hardly walk the man, let alone... He'll probably just stand in the goal square, I'd, I'd, assume, I'd assume. Joey Montagna's just run out onto the ground. He'll take it serious tonight, Joey. There could be some feedback coming his way if he doesn't play well. Did, did Melbourne overcomplicate their trip to Geelong by heading down and staying in Torquay overnight? No, I don't think they did, to be perfectly honest. Travelling that, that road a lot, Jared. If, if you get it wrong, uh, you could sit in your car for a couple of hours. So I think the whole, the whole way they did it was, was the right approach. Uh, because they've lost the game, doesn't matter. It doesn't doesn't matter to me. I think um, most teams heading that way should look at that scenario currently with where the Westgate Bridge and Westgate Freeway is at. I would day stay it. I know they wanted to train the day before. Yeah, that's but a I good would, call. I would say come down at your own leisure. Well, you stay. We're staying the night after the game, but book into the Novotel or whatever it is whenever you feel like or whenever you get there. Drop your bag off, but make sure you don't leave it yep. until. We'll have we'll have lunch drop. ready for you. Yeah. You know, we'll yeah. have a, we'll have a meeting at this time. Be here by. Yeah, so that's a, that's not a bad little ploy. Mm. So then you got you still got time to get there if you do spend a little bit more time in a car. That's okay because you have got time to stretch and do all those things. Do dogs have been doing it for for years. Yeah, the Tigers have done it in the past there. as well. We used um, to stop off on the way to uh, on to Werribee, the old cats bus, <laughs> when they forget um, Sidey on the way in to Melbourne. Occasionally it was supposed to be picked up on the side of the road at Lara and they left him there, drove the bus straight past him one day and realised they got to the game without him. Um, they used to stop at Werribee sometimes for a schnitzel on there the way into Melbourne. What was Blighty's story ahead of the 89 qualifying final was, didn't he... Go and he stopped the bus somewhere to have a kick have under a kick the Westgate Bridge. Yes, yes, we, we multiple times would have a kick. One day the bus did break down, and we thought we weren't going to be able to get to the ground on time. And <laughs> we always have a kick off the bus. Blighty loved that. And would Blighty have an opportunity to have a kick with you? It was always an exhibition of his skill. So it didn't matter if it's a side of the road or a torp contest at training. Bloody loved getting out there and showing, showing us what he had. God, I love your stories, Dwayne. They're so good. Um, who's under more pressure, Ellie, this weekend to bounce back, the Dockers or the Suns? Well, I think the Dockers. I, I think they're expect, well, what people expect of them in, in this season and, and to, to be a real contender, I think they're the ones that are probably under a, a little bit more pressure in that space. I, I mean, they both have... I guess winnable games this weekend, and uh, I'd, yeah, I would I would put it more on on the Dockers. Do you think the Dockers are angrier after their loss than what Gold Coast are? Do you get that perception? Publicly, yes. Mm. Uh, privately, I don't know. I reckon Stewie Jew's entitled to uh, to a flash of fury at the moment. Yep. 
um, to give them a good look at, okay, we've fallen away post by too often. We're not doing that again. But they weren't as abject as Fremantle were. Like, they played one really bad quarter. Having started the game well, Fremantle didn't even pack their attitude. It was they interesting that the coaches took ownership. They normally do that once a year, the coaches. Okay, so prep, didn't prep properly. Yeah, they've got one. Mm. They've, they've had their one now. So it's back, it's back onto the playing group. The coaches have given them one out. Uh, they'll expect a response. Was Andrew Dillon right to say that there's no confusion over the dangerous tackle, Ellie? <laughs> You're I, our current day player. I, yeah. I, I must admit, I think there is a little bit of confusion and it's obviously a, a, a hot topping, hot talking point um, across the competition and even from our space, like we're, we're definitely mindful of it at training nowadays. So we're, we're practising our tackles a little bit more in terms of technique to ensure that we're... we're I guess, conducting the right tackles. So I feel like there is a, a little bit of confusion potentially still in it all, but um, probably not as much as what it can get made out to be. I think there's simple fixes with it. Are you, uh, are you taking in the examples of the men's competition now? Or So the dangerous tackle was an issue in the AFLW season last year. I remember early in the season in particular. Yeah, it's definitely been an issue at various points within the AFLW for sure. But I think you're more so looking at what it's like with, with the umpires in the current state of, I guess, the men's game and what they're looking at because it's a bit more relevant to right now and, and to what's happening. It's, it's probably more of a talking point and... There's a few more instructions that have definitely been put out there as to what the ideal tackle looks like. So you said easy fixes. What have you got in mind? Oh, I mean, it's just your positioning of the body and in terms of the way you you sort of grab the or tackle the opponent. It's rather than that that dragging motion, um, sort of pulling him to ground. It's being able to step around him and almost you take your body to ground with them, things like that that, that we're definitely practising and mindful of. Yep. So with a concerted effort from the players, this can be solved? Oh, I think so. I, I definitely do think it, it can be. And I think there's, you know, there's certain topics and issues that, that arise that we sort of hold on to for certain periods of time within the game. And, and this is just that moment. Um, that's one of these topics at, at the moment. And I think it will slowly sort of disappear as a, as a hot topic. And the suspensions in the men's competition are one thing, but they are heightened in the women's when you've only got mm. 10 oh, rounds yeah. of footy. Yeah, yeah and, and it's, a, it's the same sort of, um, you know, rule book with it all. So, you know, you still get a couple of weeks for a sling tackle and dangerous tackle, and that's a, that's a fair chunk of the season that, that you're out of. That's 20% of the season that you miss just off, off two games. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a high price to pay. Ellie Blackburn is alongside Brad Johnson for tonight. Subliminally pointed out during the ad break too, Ellie, that only the Premiership player in the box too, Jared, which was nice of her to do that. Oh, <laughs> nice. I was trying to poach Jono to get him to come down as a development coach so, so we can hopefully get a Premiership and only, he can be part of it as well. Only development, Ellie. Oh. Well, we've got all our line coaches <laughs> sort of folding at the moment, so I've, I think we've got a development spot ready for you, yeah, Jono. So one thing, the one thing I, I wish I could get is that flag. <laughs> the pre-game show for Beaumont <laughs> Tiles, Ardex, RLL Tiles specials are in store now.